This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where personal spiritual growth is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. What's going on, practitioners? What up? Thank God it's Monday. <laughs> um, who in the world says that? Not a soul. <laughs> no one in the history of ever. <laughs> Not a soul. Um, until Ken. <laughs> yep. Um, so we're talking about what it means to write work into your rule of life today. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest. Um, I walked away from reading this chapter like, yeah, I, I need to do some of these things. Um, I need to, to look at this a little bit more. Yep. Yes, a large portion, I'd say a large portion, about 10% of what I do for work um, <clears throat> is related to Wellhouse, is related to building a relationship with God and teaching people how to do that and, and those sorts of things. Um, but, my relationship with work in relation to my Imago day is a different thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I, I love how he kind of starts this, um, with, with the John Kennedy story, with, with the John Kennedy story. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he, he says here, so he, there's this whole narrative, but I, I kind of want to, Sum it up here. Even those who hold white-collar jobs... Uh, uh, hold on, let me back up. Most people believe that work, particularly work that involves difficult manual labor, is a necessary evil, something they would avoid if they could. Mm -hmm. Even those who hold white-collar jobs often feel this way about their work. Fundamentally, the work you do is work. Yeah, 100%. Um, I will say, for me... That's a little bit different. I, I'm pretty convinced. I've had a therapist tell me it's more than likely that I have a work addiction, a work and money addiction. Right. <clears throat> and so I work all the time. Today, what, what time? It is like 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. I, I am currently on hour 14 of my work day. And I'm yep. not anywhere near done. Yeah. Um, um, I'm 12. Yeah. It. But I love what I do. Yeah. And I like to work. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't really know what else to say about it. But it's, un it's, it's unhealthy. It's not sustainable to work at that rate. Sure. And the reason that people work at that rate is because they feel like they're only valued if they work and perform at that rate. Sure. That's also your Enneagram type. It is. And, and all those sorts of things. Um, but it is true that there has to be some level of balance. And yeah. We, we talked about this yesterday on 100%. Let's Talk. 
about like balancing your life with self care and and those sorts of things. Um, well, and it's easy to find yourself there because one of the first things we see, as Ken points out, about God is that God's a worker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, when God busts on scene in Genesis 1-1, he gets to work. Yep. He begins creating. Yep. In Genesis 2, the first thing that he tells Adam, whom he makes, is to work, to tend and keep and have dominion over everything in the garden. I love what he says here. God's continual engagement in manual and mental work reveals that work is intrinsically good. Yeah. Um, that just kind of sums up everything. Right. Work is directly related to your Imago Dei, your mm-hmm. image of God. Yeah. Um, we see God do that. We see God command that. Therefore... When you work, yeah. you are pursuing godness depending on how you work. That's the key. You are pursuing godness if you are doing it correctly. Yep. Um, and then, and kind of leading to that, <clears throat> uh, he he talks about being a co-creator with God, um, which I found super interesting. I've never thought about it that way. Well, that's the entire narrative. God inviting you into God's divine work. Mm. I mean, that is the setup. Right, right, right. right. Here, I'm going to make this thing for you so that it's a place for you and I to fellowship together. Right. But as I've done my work to make you and this, you must do your work to tend and keep. Right. But when we hear this idea of uh, God inviting us into his work, we think about it as kingdom work, or uh, most that, people do. Uh, that is right. the easiest evangelical metaphor to kind of fall into. When, yeah. when we talk about this, we talk about it as um, serving the hungry, yep. doing like being a pastor, leading a s- Sunday school yep. thing, right? Like, yep. no, yes, but no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you going to your day job and doing data entry. If you do that with the right heart, you are co-creating with God. Yep. You know what I mean? And and I was sitting at work at my day job reading this. <laughs> and I had just finished doing some really monotonous stuff with related to professional development. And, and I was like, you know what? You're right. Ken, you're on to something, buddy. Yep. Because I am making... Our instructors' lives, or I am trying to enhance our instructors' lives, which makes an impact on our students. Yep. Which makes an impact on their future and the people that they then go and impact. Yep. 100%. Co-creating with God. Yep. <clears throat> and um, so, yeah. Um, super cool when you think about it that way. But also... Something that, that we see as well is that your perspective on work really matters. Um, it does. If you go into work with this perspective of, um, I hate my job, and my job is meaningless. I don't do anything to help anybody. Um, 
you're not going to enjoy your work very much. And also, that might also lend itself to maybe you need to find a new profession as well. Well, and that that is one thing. If I have one complaint with this chapter for Ken, it's that he doesn't do a great job of talking about the fact that next to sleep, you will spend majority of your life at work. Mm -hmm. Of the hours you have available to you throughout your life, you will spend... If you're not asleep, the majority of those hours will go to work. Yeah. It just seems like a, quite a wasteful amount of time for it not to be something that becomes dedicated to God. I agree. And whenever I got through the chapter, I, I was like, you didn't talk much about that. And, and <clears throat> fundamentally, if you're not happy with your job, maybe you, you need to rework that. You know, um, you just have to be careful if if you go down that road, you have to be careful because your job directly impacts the other things in your rule of life. Yep. Play and money and, you know, all the things that come work and and yep. and relationships and friends and Agreed. it it impacts all of those things. And so you can't just come to the place where you're like, I'm not happy in work and just quit. And quit, be like, because you're going to end up forfeiting the rest of your self care, like yep. the rest of your rule of life. Absolutely, there is definitely a balance of how you go about navigating it. But I also agree that, like, if it's impossible for you to find joy in your work, it's time to try to find a new solution. But I, I loved what he said here. The way he kind of wrapped it all up, uh, wrapped all that up was when we feel the satisfaction of making something whether with our hands or with our head, alongside the creator, we work, our work will not seem like a prison sentence. We will experience it as a fulfilling part of our rhythm of life. Your perspective going into work, if you were going into work, thinking about it as co-creating with God, as playing a role in the ecosystem that God has created, and helping to further life. Yeah. Your work will then become meaningful. 100%. Um, and also, and and I loved, um, we were just talking about Dallas Willard earlier. We were talking about Dallas Willard earlier. Um, and Ken kind of talks about how Dallas Willard sees, thinks that, Work is the primary place of spiritual formation or is not. So the, the primary place of formation is not church or small groups. Um, but um, to f he has a quote here to find your job to be the to primary not find to not find your job as the primary place of discipleship is to automatically exclude a major part. Right. Um, work is where we spend most of our time. We don't spend most of our time at church or in small groups. Sadly, in America, most people spend most of their time at work. Well, and on another note, praise Jesus that we don't spend all of our time at church. Yeah, that too. Who would there be to, to help work. the people that are hurting? If you spend yeah. all your time around Christians, my goodness. Well, and, and then that even brings into question like nonprofit work, 
right? Um, well, they're non-faith-based nonprofits. No, but but even take out faith, right? These people that their job is serving others. Mm-hmm. Um, there there becomes a time that like you went into this because you wanted to help. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing this with some people that we're close to now. Um, they went into this seeing that they wanted to help people, but now on the other side, it's not that they don't want to help people. It's they're burnt out. Right? And so yep. there has to be this work-life balance, this level of self-care in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Right? We see that in... You know those that uh, do nonprofit work and care for others. Well, I mean, I even like I even I constantly find myself in this place because I just work at a capacity and a rate that most people can't keep up with. Mm-hmm. My default is to expect that out of my staff. Yeah, which really is a it's really unhealthy for me, but also is a huge battle that I fight daily. Yeah. Just when you reach this point that, and this is where I think it becomes a problem. When your identity is found in your work, you've reached a very, very unhealthy place, which is where I think Ken's next section. Yeah about prayer sanctifying our work is helpful. Yeah. Agreed. I'm going to walk through that a little bit. I mean, I, I love what he, he talked about here. Um, I kind of wrote in the margin here, worshipfully working. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's this thing. Oh, shoot. I lost it. Um, but uh, he, he's talking about... Uh, Benedict? Yep. And um, Benedict's approach to work with the famous dictum, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. It's Um, Latin. It's a Latin phrase that I'm not good with. But um, it translates to, to work is to pray. For Benedict, work in itself has value as a devotional act towards God. And I think that's true for anyone. Yeah. Uh, Paul is very clear that Anything you do, do unto the glory of God. I have that written next page over. Yep. I don't think there's anything wrong with, quote unquote, riding that train. Yep. Um, Work is a command of God. Yep. Paul has statements where he says, those who don't work, don't eat. (laughs) Yeah. Um, If you don't believe me, go read Thessalonians. It's in there. I promise. Shocked me too. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those things where you, you, you read all of Paul and you're like, wait, 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 wait. Are the socialists right? Yeah. (laughs) And then you get there and you're like, oh, Oh, wait, wait, no, Paul. Yeah. No, wait, hold on. Um, yeah, (laughs) it, it is, but working is, I believe inherently good. Yeah. But just like in all things, the work environment 
can come or create abuses. That's right. Either you abuse it or it abuses you. One of the two, right? Because it's in work environments that we get 90% of sexual harassment charges Mm -hmm. because you abuse the work environment. Or the work environment abuses you because you don't have balance and you just let it pile and pile and pile and pile on top of you until you burn out and can't take it anymore. Yeah. You either abuse the work environment or the work environment abuses you. And I think that something that, that helps mitigate that, not solve it, it helps to, to, to work with that is kind of what Ken's talking about here about this... this um, this friend of his, Alvin. Um, Alvin kind of talks about how um, he says he says here. Uh, so like he he writes for a living and says writing prayerfully without anxiety or rush. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do for work, do it prayerfully. So on one side of the page, so on one seventy four, I've written uh, worshipfully working, and then on one seventy five. Workfully pray. Yep. Um, asking God to bless your work. Nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with that. Not a thing. Asking God to bless your work, to enhance your work, to be present in your work. All of this brings meaning to your work. Yep. Um leading you to be more fulfilled in your job mm-hmm. um, rather than just being fulfilled in the busyness, Henry Nowen. Like, yep. Um, it's, I don't know. Um, I think for me, if, if there was one thing I want the listener to go away with about work and rule of life is twofold. Is that work should give back to you as much as you give to it. If you are giving more to work than work gives back to you, something's out of balance. If work gives more to you than you give to it, something's out of balance. I'll give you two examples. If you work and work and work and work and work for countless hours and receive zero recognition and zero joy for the effort you put into it and you leave work every day frustrated because of all those factors, you are giving work more than work gives to you. Vice versa. If you're a salesman for a major company and you just write off a bunch of stuff, you abuse the company credit card, you do stuff for your own your own personal gain and put it on the card and you don't really meet your sales numbers. You just kind of abuse the credit card, meet enough sales to keep your job, that kind of thing. That's an ethical issue. You're taking advantage of the work. Yeah. It's got to be in a balance. And if you, and this is why I say, I think majority of the time I can manage working a high, like a high capacity workload because what I put into work, work puts back to me. Mm. If there's that balance that what you put in, you get out, you've reached this place of mutuality. You've reached this place of congruency that's in harmony with your whole being. You, 
that image actually reflects the character of God. Yeah. That that place where you give to work and work gives to you, I really do think is the narrative of Genesis 1 and 2. Mm. That God put in work to create and you put in work to sustain. That is the narrative of work through which we should be viewing all of our work and our relationships with our work and work environment.